0: Okay, so Alex. Yeah? I have a story for you today. All It's a story about LiveJournal. 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 Okay. So, so LiveJournal, obviously popular early aughts blogging platform based on the idea of like signing on to the internet and putting your diary on the internet, which I remember when like as a high school student, I was like, that is nuts. I would never do that. And what I didn't realize is like Actually it was like fairly social. Like people were writing and they
1: were like becoming friends with other people who were writing. Uh yeah, I was a frequent denizen. You were? Oh yeah, I was all over it. I I, um I started my live journal in two thousand one. What was it called? Uh it was just it didn't have like a name. It had a name.
0: It did Uh, not have a URL. Did was it just
1: Oh, uh it was This is so embarrassing. All right, here we go. Yeah. It's, It's happening. Um I like that you tried to convince me that it didn't have a name. Well, it's not like it was like, it was like the unlocked secrets of Alex Goldman's psyche. What was the name, Alex? The URL was, it was, um, it was a, it was a portmanteau of the word blasphemy and the word ephemera. So it was blasphemera. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, it's super embarrassing. What was your self-image that that was what you were, why did that appeal to you? Um, I was going to college to be a journalist. I was convinced I was going to be an iconoclastic uh, madman in like the style of like Lester Bangs and Hunter, Th- Hunter S. Thompson. Like I thought I was going to be um, just this person who had really strong opinions about things and expressed them in very concrete ways. So what type of stories did Blasphemera concern himself with? Oh, God, um... I'm just gonna look. Don't look, please don't look, please. It's still up? No, it's not, no, just don't look. Come on, dude, don't look. Seriously, oh, God, don't look. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna gonna die. Why?
0: I don't know if I can find it. Oh, thank God.
1: Oh, no! I think
0: I found it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, you're so young. There's a picture of you and Sarah. Here's like a thing that you wrote in 2009 that at least shows that your personality is static. Hilarious name for an actual person. Dudu Topaz. <laughs> 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 All right, you want to hear September 15th, 2008 how you were doing at 4:02 p.m.? Sure. So, hey. Dear diary, I know this place is basically my emotional chamber pot where I dump all my MacGuffins and let them coagulate into sadness stew. But all those internet people who read this are really important to me. Not like, you know, I want to send you Xmas cards, but at least you tolerate it and someone's comment on it, thereby validating my wish to exist. Thanks for helping me exist. I'm sorry I got fat. I'll try to slim down. Is that a Wesley Willis lyric? Yeah. And then somebody said, I like reading about your life and feelings. I hope mine are not too irritating to read. You seem like a good egg. And then you said the thing I like the best about Jive all funny joke, Alex, is that I get to piece together personal histories through their verbal subterfuge and those brief precious moments of candor.
1: Yeah, see? That's, that's what I, that is a perfect distillation of everything terrible about me. But you're also being nice to somebody. In your case, it's especially riveting.
0: I wonder, though, as you grapple with something that I too seem to grapple with, which is sort of a bottomless negativity and lack of faith in other people if you think that this will ever work itself out. And then somebody else said, you still rule.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> have a cool summer. Did you have, were, your li- were the people that you were talking to on Live journal were they people from school or were they people you didn't know?
1: They were mostly people I didn't know. I mean, like, so we all thought of ourselves as profoundly literary. Uh-huh. And there was, like, this boosting of one another.
0: I'm basically picturing, like, a bunch of, like, 15-year-old boys wearing tweed jackets and, like, fake mustaches, dressed up as professors having a book club.
1: Were it only that I were 15, I was twenty. <laughs> I was 21. Um, I mean, I think about the connections that I made at that time. I think about, like, they, like, burned bright in a way that I don't feel like I replicate in my current life. Like, we were all so... We were all, like, just leaving our homes for the first time, our parents' houses. We were all pretty lost. Like, it, there was something... um that connection was, like, extremely important to me. Hmm. All right. Come on. Let's, let's just close it up. We can close it up now. Go ahead and close it up. You can close it.
0: Okay. So the actual reason why I brought you here. So I want to talk to you about this, okay? How much do you know about what happened to Live Journal after you stopped using it?
1: Here's what I know. Well, I think user numbers dwindled in the United States, it became really, really, really popular in Russia. That is also what I had always heard. It's true,
0: but it's, like, so insufficient to what actually happened. Like, <laughs> the same way, like, Russia somehow is just, like, seems to be, like, infiltrating many strange parts of American society. Like, Russia ate Live Journal in a way that is wild. Um, can I tell you the story? Absolutely. Okay, so I talked to this journalist named Alexei Kovalev, he lives in Moscow. He says, like, he still remembers when LiveJournal first got to Russia. It was, like, world's most exciting website. And he knows when it was because he was part of the first group of people to get on.
2: I've been an active LiveJournal user since 2000, 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time when it was a uh, invite-only-based blogging platform. So you had to know someone uh, to send you an invite code to start an, an, an account. And did
0: it? was it at that point, was it, like... Um, was it kind of cool?
2: Oh, yeah, surely. Yeah. Uh, it was the kind of thing that uh, you, you were part of an elite club. What's it called? What's Live Journal? What, what does it translate to in Russian? The, the Journal of Life. <laughs>
0: okay. So Alexei says, like, in the beginning, his experience of Live Journal was very similar to your experience, Alex. Like, he made friends with other nerds online. Sometimes they meet up in person. He actually met his wife through the site. But things take a really different turn for one big reason. Vladimir Putin. In Russia today, the clear winner of the Russian presidential election, Vladimir Putin, began to establish the
2: Putin era. Vladimir Putin, the career spy, talks about establishing what he calls a dictatorship of the law.
0: So Vladimir Putin's first year in office, 2000. 2001, he immediately starts shutting down the media.
3: Publication of the newspaper Savodnya was suspended, and the editorial staff of the magazine Toby was fired.
0: Even NTV, which is like the big independent TV network, that gets taken over by the government-run oil company, Gazprom. And so for Alexei and like all of his online journalist friends, they're just watching as all the places they used to write either disappear or get taken over by Putin.
2: They literally micromanage the uh, the media. They uh, call up the editors in chiefs of uh, t- TV networks and tell them what, what to cover, from which angle, what not to cover, etc. So you, could, you couldn't just go... To a TV station to, to to express yourself. Uh so the web was the only place.
0: There's this one live journal user who was just super pissed at the Kremlin.
1: This guy named Alexei Navalny. Is this a different Alexi than the one you've been talking about? Yeah,
0: so this is Alexei Navalny. And Navalny decides he's gonna use his live journal as a weapon against
2: the government. Like, look, there's like the, the, there's this crazy corruption going on. It's state-owned companies in Russia. And people are just wasting billions of billions of rubles on these projects that are going nowhere and getting miraculously rich in the process.
0: Everybody knows that the government's corrupt, but he wants to use his live journal to expose exactly how it works, like how people get paid and how much money they're taking. And he has a plan to do this. So first step, he buys stock in the big government-run oil company. Gazprom? Gazprom. And he's like, okay, I'm now a shareholder of Gazprom. And so I'm entitled to see a bunch of financial documents. Send them on over.
1: Oh, that's brilliant.
2: And he started, like, posting uh, documents that he was entitled to as a shareholder in, in his oh, companies.
0: Wow. And he's putting them up yeah. on LiveJournal.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: This LiveJournal starts picking up thousands and thousands of readers who tune in every week to see which corrupt government agency Navalny is going to get the documents of. And so it's becoming this big thing, and the government is like, huh, we do not like this. (laughs) And so if you're the Russian government, here's what really sucks about this. You can't shut down LiveJournal because it's a U.S. company. The servers are based in the U.S. If you want to stop LiveJournal, you are going to have to go to war with the website. And that is what they do. This massive war between an autocratic Russian government and a bunch of geeks with online
3: diaries. The details of that war, after the break. This episode of Reply All is brought to you by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can build a website that makes you look organized, sophisticated, and professional. Even if you're not. Kind of like how these ads sound polished, but if you peel back the curtain, it's a bit of a mess. Ow! That's Alicia a producer who's been recording these ads from her closet, while Gimlet continues to work from home.
1: When I moved in, I didn't think that this was gonna become like a makeshift
0: sound studio. Uh, So there's a bunch of stuff in here like tools, a vacuum, my skis, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, That's all packed in here with me. We owe a lot to the engineers. It's, It's really the engineers who make us sound
3: good. No matter what's going on behind the scenes, Squarespace can help make your online presence look beautiful with professionally designed templates and 24-7 customer support. When you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash replyall for a free trial and use the offer code REPLYALL to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
4: Interruptions happen, not unlike this ad. But success isn't measured by how much work you get done. It's about how you and your small business handle curveballs. That's where Lenovo comes in. Lenovo provides small businesses with the tools they need, like the ThinkBook Plus with dual screens, to help you get refocused faster and get more time on your side. Reliable technology, improved connectivity, functionality, major flexibility. With the right technology, you can take on interruptions like a boss, be more productive and feel good about what you achieve and work through in just one day. Give your business a competitive edge and turn, sorry to bother you, into innovative solutions for how people really work. Learn more at lenovo.com slash get time on your side.
1: Because of COVID-19, internet traffic has spiked, but Comcast is prepared. Since 2017, Comcast has invested $12 billion to grow and evolve a smart, reliable network with one simple purpose, to help keep customers connected. And with many of us now working, learning, and entertaining at home, their coverage has helped millions of people connect when they need it most. Learn more at comcast.com network.
4: Interruptions happen not unlike this ad. But success isn't measured by how much work you get done. It's about how you and your small business handle curveballs. That's where Lenovo comes in. Lenovo provides small businesses with the tools they need, like the ThinkBook Plus with dual screens, to help you get refocused faster and get more time on your side. Reliable technology, improved connectivity, functionality, major flexibility. With the right technology, You can take on interruptions like a boss, be more productive, and feel good about what you achieve and work through in just one day. Give your business a competitive edge and turn, sorry to bother you, into innovative solutions for how people really work. Learn more at lenovo.com slash get time on your side. Welcome back to the show.
0: Okay, so the Kremlin wants to destroy LiveJournal. But they already have another problem. Besides the fact that it's based in the U.S., it is very quickly becoming a super, super popular website in Russia. Like, millions of Russians are opening accounts. It's one of the top sites. Everybody loves it. And so what they have to do is they have to find a way to ruin it. They
2: started uh, infiltrating LiveJournal. Um, What do you mean,
0: infiltrating?
2: Uh, With... Pro-Kremlin uh, comments and blog posts.
0: — So like the kind of thing that people were talking about in the U.S. during the election, like like either paid political operatives showing up and, and just writing yeah. like, really?
2: — Yeah. — Really? — Yeah, Putin is great, uh, these people would say, and they were paid for it.
0: — These trolls were coming from a Kremlin office called the Kremlin Federal Youth Agency. It was a propaganda wing, and messing with LiveJournal was like an entry-level propaganda job in the Russian government. So Putin six all these paid trolls on people's blogs. Did everybody have a sense immediately of like, oh, gee, a bunch of like really pro-Putin people just showed up all at the same time. Like, did you kind of know what was probably going on?
2: Yeah, it was really, really obvious.
0: Emails actually leaked out later that had the rates that these guys were getting paid to troll Alexei and his friends. It would be 85 rubles for a comment and then a bonus, 200 rubles, if you could trick somebody into arguing with you. (laughs) Oh,
1: That's so funny because I think of it as just being pure noise. I think of it as the equivalent of those people who who um, who hack fax, who trick fax machines into just printing out a bunch of ink until they run out of ink. It's like they're trying to distract people in such a way that they're like, well, it's not worth engaging.
0: Yeah, Alexi calls it black noise. But it didn't matter, actually, because... LiveJournal was growing and growing. There were all these Russians who were coming to it because they were depending on LiveJournal instead of the government for really crucial information.
2: My favorite story from 2010, there was a, like a, a massive catastrophic heatwave wave in, in Russia. And uh, well, there were wildfires uh, around Moscow. And uh, all of Moscow was engulfed in, in toxic smoke.
0: Actually, the videos are still online. Can I show you one of them? Yeah. Okay. Just look at this. These guys are like, driving through it.
1: Oh my God,
0: right? Like it looks like a movie about people driving through the sun.
2: And it was actually one of the first times when uh, people uh, Realized that the government cannot help them because it's just really not equipped to. And uh, people started buying like fire hoses and organizing on LiveJournal and going to these uh, wildfire sites and putting fires out, helping the victims. That's so cool. Uh,
0: yeah. So the other thing that all this does is it makes the government look terrible. Like all these people on LiveJournal are being heroes and the government's being left behind. And so this one really young guy from Putin's political party, he has a bright idea.
2: And he thought, why don't I just, you know, jump on the bandwagon? And he he and his uh, pro-government friends went to a a place outside Moscow when there weren't any wildfires. So they set a bush on fire.
4: Oh my God. And
2: and pretended to put it out. So... (laughs) 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 It is so Uh, dark. Yes.
0: And so this guy made a video to show how brave he and his friends were. Alexi actually sent it to me afterwards. Can I just, can I show it to you? Yes. Okay. So, uh, we're in a forest we're,
1: (laughs) it sort of looks like someone turned a fog machine on in the woods.
0: I know it's like (laughs) such a tiny fire and there's so many men putting it out. (laughs) So the dude in the video, he posted online.
2: And they were two seconds after he posted this. He was exposed by activists who were actually keeping up an online map of all the active fires around <laughs> Moscow. and I said, "Dude, nothing's on fire in that entire region
1: <laughs> and what did they do? Was it a scandal? Did they get caught out or is it impossible to scandalize folks in like a propagandistic country like that?
0: Uh, well, the guy who actually orchestrated the whole thing, he ended up being elected to parliament, of course, of course he did so. Russian government still controls all of the real world. But LiveJournal is this one little place where, when they go on, like things do not turn out well for them. And so you'd think they'd keep trying to destroy it, but they'd like stop posting on it. And instead, the exact opposite happens. All these really high-level Russian politicians start their own LiveJournals. And that's actually where things get really ugly. Like This is where things turn bad. Because one of those politicians, his name is Andrei Tarchek, Tarchuk's reading live journal one day, and he finds this post by a journalist named Oleg Kashin. And the post is not nice. Kashin is talking about how the only reason Tarchuk's governor is because his rich dad is friends with Putin, and it's guys like Tarchuk who are destroying federalism in Russia. And, and then Kashin, like, really insults Tarchuk.
2: He used an epithet, like, yeah, if, uh, well, this guy is just a piece of shit. He's not, a, he's not a real politician.
0: The literal translation is covered in shit. <laughs> That's a pretty sick burn. Yeah, and so Tarchek within minutes of Oleg's original post, is in the comments, and in his comment, he's like, "Quote, young man, you have 24 hours to apologize. You can do it here. You can do it in a separate post, but the countdown has begun." And so, what actually happens next is there's a video, there's security camera footage. So it's a little bit hard to see, but here, this is nighttime in Moscow where Oleg lives. Okay. He's by his apartment. It's black and white, but, like, you can see that's him walking. Can you turn it
1: more towards me?
0: Yeah, here. So this is him walking. He's getting approached by this guy. Mm-hmm. The guy taps him, and he's holding what looks like a bouquet of flowers. He pulls an iron rod out of the bouquet and just starts beating him.
1: Oh, my God. This
0: other guy comes up. He starts beating him.
1: Oh, this is so brutal.
0: Um, and, and this was, like... Like Oleg is certain that these guys were sent by Tarachek. They've been sent by the governor.
2: He hired Hitman and paid them several million rubles to get this uh, this guy beaten, with the uh, specific instructions to break his fingers, so uh, that he knows that uh, uh, what to type and what not not to. And that's, that's what they did with a, with an iron rod.
0: Jesus. Yeah. He ended up in a coma. He had to have one of his fingers
1: amputated. Oh my God, that's horrible.
0: But weirdly, like political violence, like what happened to Oleg, that's not the kind of thing that eventually defangs LiveJournal. In the end, the way the Kremlin is able to finally beat LiveJournal, it's like, it's depressingly simple. So here's what happens. One day, a Russian businessman shows up and makes a surprisingly generous offer to buy LiveJournal from its American owner. The site gets sold, and now it's a Russian company. And so now, all the censorship laws that are applied to Russian newspapers are applied to LiveJournal. Big anonymous accounts are banned, and people who say the wrong thing on LiveJournal, they're fined or they're thrown in jail. And so people stop saying the wrong things on LiveJournal. They leave. The final death blow was actually delivered just this past winter.
2: LiveJournal became a Russian-hosted website.
0: Like, moved the servers out of the U.S.?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's owned and uh, managed by Russians and hosted in Moscow.
0: Which I assume means that...
2: All of your data are available to uh, the Russian security services. Russian security services
0: have access to everything now. Like, they have Oleg's blog, they have Alexei's blog, they have other Alexei's blog. But also, like, they have, like, like, George R. R. Martin has a live journal. Russia has George R. R. Martin's live journal. They have your live journal. Like, Blasphemera... Exists in a place where if, like, Putin, for some reason, really wants to read it, he can. So they just can walk in and do whatever they want on the servers there? Yeah. But the silver lining, according to Alexei, is that while nobody he knows is writing on LiveJournal anymore, they're all still writing. Like, they're writing things that the government doesn't like. It's just they do it in English-language papers or they do it on their own personal websites. Actually, Navalny the guy who bought the shares in Gazprom and had the anti-corruption blog, he is now the leader of the opposition party in Russia. The Kremlin just banned him from running for president. So dissent still exists. It's just, it doesn't exist on LiveJournal. Actually, I asked Alexei, like, if he even still had his own LiveJournal, just because I, I wanted to see it. And he said he absolutely could not show it to me.
2: My personal one is in private mode now. Uh, oh, okay. So you, you cannot see
0: it. And is that for reasons of journalistic safety or is it for reasons of like live journals are embarrassing?
2: I mean if you uh, if you look back at you at things you posted online uh, 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> and all, all of it is still online so uh, a couple of years ago I just put it in private mode just to save myself the embarrassment.
0: <laughs> you know in the end the thing that's really interesting to me is that what these guys were posting in a way it was like blasphemy, but it was also like ephemera. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I hate you so much. I can't believe you did that. It was blasphemera. Reply All is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. Our show is produced by Shruti Pinamanini, Fia Benin, and Damiano Marchetti. We were edited by Tim Howard and Jorge Just, production assistants from Sharina Ahn. We were mixed by Rick Kwan. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Matt Lieber's an all-mango fruit basket. You can visit our website at replyall.limo. You can find more episodes of the show on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: The woman in charge of the Chippendales tour kept the guys on time, out of trouble, and deeply tanned. She knew all their dirty little secrets.
3: And some pretty big ones, too. I had heard that Chippendales was being looked into by the FBI. So I called the FBI. And I said, you're investigating attempted murder? How about a real murder? From
1: Pineapple Street in Gimlet, this is Welcome to Your Fantasy. Out now. Follow and listen for
2: free, only on Spotify. On the podcast How to Save a Planet, a couple called in to settle a dispute. Is an electric car really better for the climate? Because if we're just plugging it in and it's coming from a coal plant anyway, it's still not very environmentally friendly. How climate-friendly are electric cars? Also, how expensive and how fun to drive? For answers, follow How to Save a Planet for free on Spotify.
3: dogs
4: are bred from wolves, how do we have Shih Tzus or
3: French Bulldogs or Chihuahuas?
1: On Every Little Thing, we answer your burning questions. Like, how did we get from wolves to Welsh Terriers? They figured out breeding, and they figured out all the kooky things you can try to create. Find out more on Every Little Thing. Listen for free on Spotify. Hey cool!
4: I think we may have found the last payphone in the known universe. I know just who to call. (laughs) Hey man, I'm so glad you picked up. Well, we ran out of internet and got stranded in space. That's true, it was pretty scary. What do you think we should do next? I know you're right, everything will be okay. It's just really nice to hear your voice, Matt Lieber. Happy 100 episodes.